Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm with my co-host, Eric. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you doing, Robert? I'm doing good. Uh, ready to talk some football. Yeah. Uh, we're doing it slightly different time this week, but um, you know, excited to get through the episode here and uh, uh, talk about some football, right? All right, let's go ahead and jump on in. Um, so doing a mostly college-focused episode today. Uh, wanted to just go ahead and kind of start out with um, so. with some of the kind of big stories here. Um, so, Keishon Booty, right? Uh, what do you? How do you think his draft stock has been impacted by his performance uh, this year? Uh, God, I mean, he's not a top ten pick anymore. Uh, that's for sure. I mean. Right, it's hard to like drop him too far. I definitely think as long as he's healthy, he's got a good chance to be a first round NFL pick. But I mean, this was a player that could have gone eighth, sixth, you know, in that like Waddle, Devonta Smith, you know, that type of range in the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, I think his his performance is is falling. Fairly rapidly, uh, honestly. Oh, yeah. um, I, whenever I watch LSU, I I am just shocked by how how they're performing offensively, and it's funny to me that they're ranked twenty five. Uh, you know, um, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because they, I mean, who they beat? They beat Auburn and they beat Mississippi State, and both those teams are terrible. Like Mississippi State's at least like decent, but you know, like these aren't teams that are any good um yeah and and so but the thing is with boutique right is i've seen him drop balls that he should be catching i've seen him just look uninterested now if you're gonna look uninterested just just opt out just opt out yes. you know seriously though just opt out every week yeah. he's hurting his draft stock in my opinion yeah yeah, I mean, if you because if you just wouldn't have played like, like it's like Jamar Chase, you know, in uh, in that that COVID year, right? Like he just opted out, and you know he had nothing else to prove to anybody, and then he opted out and he went to the draft the following year. And like you know that's fine, like you know, um, but I don't I don't know what else to say about Bouti, right? He's been a super disappointment this year. Yeah, I mean, my my concern definitely was the injury uh, going into the year, and. It doesn't look like the injury, you know, like the injury looks passing. Like that's not the concern. Now it's like desire to play football. Now it's, I mean, just I don't know. I don't understand why this player is still playing football. Like on Saturday, just opt out. Like, what? What are they gaining? I, I think they're losing draft stock every game. Yeah. So what about the other big injury news here this this uh, past week? Uh, so Bryce Young sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder. Is that a concern for you? I mean, it's a huge concern, right? This is a return Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, you know, they're number one in the AP poll this week after Georgia struggled. Uh, part of that, I think, is because Bama took care of business so well, even with uh, Bryce out for almost three full quarters. About they were up fourteen nothing, and you know. Uh, Milrose took over the entire rest of the game and they continued to dominate. Um, but 
this is one of the issues with college football is you don't really have great insight onto what the injuries are. Like there are reports that it's a sprayed NC joint, but I don't know how much I trust it. Like, I guess if I see him playing in two weeks against Tennessee, all right, yeah, I was just spraying and he's fine and he'll be okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a month long, you know, or more issue. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was like if I was Bryce Young, I think I would sit out, right? Um, just because it's his draft stock, right? If you get hurt more, you know, then that's that's your draft stock. But you know, my thing, right, is 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 this injury something that can get worse? And if it can't get worse, then you know, uh, I think you should be fine. Um, but I, I bring it back to like whenever he whenever they were playing that game, it looked like he was going to come back in in the second half, right? Uh, it looked like they were, um, you know, going to put him back in. There he was going to play the second half, and it's going to be all everybody forget forget about the injury. It's not that big a deal. But the thing is, they didn't need him. So now it's a question: Would he have played? Should he have played? Could he have played? Right? Um, yeah. Could he have played? That's the question. Yeah. So one of my question, big issues is like Nick Saban, what are you doing? Uh, it was either after the game or it was Monday morning uh, when they were asking him about it. And he said, oh, yeah, just shoulder sprain. He's had it plenty of times before. This is an issue. Like to me, one, you know, if you care about your young player, it's like, OK, draft stock is important, too. Even if you don't care about Bryce, uh, at least you should care about their recruiting like, uh, you know, ramifications if Bryce isn't a top five pick to just openly share. Yeah. He has this issue all the time, basically. Like, what are you doing? Nick Saban? Like, don't share that. That kind of concerns me because it sounds like this has been a kind of a regular issue for him having this shoulder throwing shoulder issue. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear anything about that. I didn't hear him say that, but I mean, it's, you know, it's something to, to monitor. You know, that's, I think that's kind of where we're at. It's, you know, you have to monitor. You have to see what it, what it looks like. And then, you know what this is going to be? This is going to be something the medical staff and the and the combine is going to start poking. Yeah. And be like, yeah, what's, what is this? What's going on here? So. Yeah, I mean, it's, until this, you know, this injury, I didn't know this was a potential issue. But Nick Saban certainly alluded to that this is a potentially chronic issue. And that's what you're talking about is, hey, is there like a real issue, you know, that's going to affect long-term uh, performance? Hopefully not. But again, it, it, like I said, it's so hard in the, in the college game because they aren't under the same regulations that the NFL is. They don't have to report on injuries like yeah. almost at all. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite frustrating to, you know, to us as analysts most of the time usually. Yeah. Uh... And it's it's hard for playing C two C too because you know you're trying to figure out who's go, who's injured when and oh, if they're out. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm looking at this one player uh, that I was talking about a lot of this off season was Braden Bennett, and uh, he was questionable the first week of the season, and he hasn't played a single game since. And now wow. he's just like he's just like out now. It's just like, well, what happened? Like what? Like what's wrong? <laughs> right? Like what is happening? You don't know because that's yeah, what how injury reporting works. Yeah. So unfortunate. Yeah. So, but what about DJU, right? Um, Clemson guy, he had a terrible year last year. He's finally looking like he's at least doing something. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick or anything like that this year, but I think he's putting himself back on the radar. What What do you think? So here's the thing. DJU was, by most statistical measurements, the worst quarterback, or at least among the worst quarterbacks in the 
ACC last year. Now, DJU is looking like a very good college quarterback. The last two weeks has really ascended. I mean, his game against Wake, he was fantastic. And uh, his game against NC State, which is a huge game, honestly, it probably decided the ACC Coastal, in my opinion. I mean, it's, North Carolina State is a very good team. If, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm pretty pretty bullish on them. Um, and they've got a good defense, and they played DJ well, but he made it happen. He took care of the ball, you know, in the air, and he had a great game, you know, on the ground. Uh, my question is, is he a potential NFL QB? I mean, we know he had the recruiting acumen coming out of high school. Um, but what this does for me the last you know few weeks is it puts him on the map for 2024. I think if he can play another year, which obviously Cade, uh, Cade Klumdick, you know, uh, makes it more complicated, perhaps he needs to transfer. Um, or, you know, maybe he's going to just keep putting Cade on the bench. But I, I, I think TJU is a year away from being a potential NFL player. Yeah, yeah. I, I think his best case scenario is a late first round pick right now. Like best best case scenario. You know, maybe if he continues this upward uh, trajectory – into 2024 so definitely a project yeah but what about uh Jaden ott right true freshman what do, you, what do you think about this guy's career hey i mean what's the what's the last uh university of california player that's been exciting to you you know for fantasy projection uh, i mean uh he's he's been up and down in terms of his performance a little bit it's been mainly relative to competition but let's be serious university of california not only are they one of the I don't know. He's they're one of the 40 worst teams in the country uh, nationally. Uh, they they might be one of the 20 worst offenses. Like their offense is a joke. Um, but Jaden Ott is like really their only you know bright spot. Uh, he's shown an ability to run. He's shown his ability to play in the passing game as a running back. I mean, he's on my radar. This is a player that wasn't on my radar at all, to be honest. Uh, he's now on my radar. You know, if if he continued to do this, I think best case scenario is he transfers, whether it's you know the end of this year or end of next year, uh, to a you know a better program, because he's certainly passed the you know I'm a small school or not maybe small school but like poorly competing school and doing well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I think I think he's had a really solid start to his career, right? You know, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, he was kind of came out of nowhere. A lot of people were just kind of – he wasn't – I mean, he's, he was a good prospect. You know, he's a decently rated recruit. But, uh, you know, he, he's really outperformed expectations, I feel like. And he's put, kind of put Cal at least somewhat on the map in terms of, you know, uh, C2C assets. So, yeah. Uh, I think he's an interesting player, and I definitely think it's somebody to keep an eye on and uh, track, you know, what, what he's doing at, moving forward. Um, and you can probably still get him next year, honestly. In most drafts, I would say you can probably get him. Uh, so. Yeah, if you're playing in uh, C2C leagues that don't have waiver wires, most likely he's going to be available in the next year's draft. And if not, honestly, it might be worth, you know, throwing out something, you know, a trade for Jaden Ott because I think worst case scenario is you're going to get a very solid college fantasy football producer 
And I think he's shown his potential to to be a an NFL player. I, I think that's a bit of a long shot, but I, the potential is there. Yeah. So moving on to Javante Barnes, right? Is he the best OU running back since Adrian Peterson? I think that's the question. I mean, I'm, I was racking my head. I, I didn't, like, dive deep into, you know, season after season. I mean, I think, uh, was it 07? Something like that, I think, is when uh, AP came out. I don't know. It, it's certainly been a long time. Um, but, my goodness, does this freshman look good? You know, even in a whooping by TCU. Good on TCU, by the way. Um uh, Javante Barnes all had 100 yards. I think he had one. Was it two touchdowns? Uh, I mean, this kid looks good. He's fast. He's strong. He's explosive. I mean, this kid, I, I think he's got NFL written all over him. I'm very excited by this young running back. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be a, a good, really good player. Um, I think it's too early to compare him to, you know, uh, the best o- OU running back since uh, insert player here. But, um, because, I mean, you have to put a career together. But, honestly, Oklahoma hasn't been, like, a big running back school since AP. Um, You know, they've produced a couple here and there, but uh, they really haven't been. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's definitely somebody that's like, looks like he could be the real real deal, right? Um, And and in a draft, like, you know, we're talking, uh, you know, 2025, uh, you know, he's he's a part he's a ways away um and he's got a lot that he still has to prove uh it's kind of like like Travion Henderson right like Travion Henderson he's he's had a bit of a disappointment and so you want to watch for comparatively to expectations I should say he has not been like a disappointment in terms of the NFL but um what I, I'm watching for stuff like that with Javante I want to see make sure that he's you know continues the upward trend rather than you know makes uh continue the downward trend you know what I mean Yeah. So what about Jake Bobo? Is he a real deal? Honestly, uh, I think that Jake Bobo fits into the Daniel Bellinger, Greg Dolce category. He So this is an older player. He uh, he was at Duke for three years, four years. He was a, he was a 2021 eligible um, player. Right, 18 was his first. It was his true freshman year. Played at Duke for a number of years. Uh, last year he was great at Duke. Uh, he's grad transfer. Came over to um, gone uh, UCLA. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, who was I watching Friday night? Yeah, and he's been great with UCLA. And the thing is, is he's he's got good size. He's, he's like six, four, two forty. Uh, this is a player that came out of uh, high school. He was a, he was a wide receiver. You know, he was a tall, but skinny wide receiver. And he's put on like 60 pounds or something like that in college. And he, he shows that athleticism at the tight end position, um, which is, is exactly what you want in fantasy. Um, I honestly, Bobo wasn't really on my, my um, my radar, and then I was watching you know, Washington UCLA. It was at at the Rose Bowl Stadium, four and over against four and zero, and Bobo just kept making play after play. This kid's pretty athletic; like he's not Kyle Pitts by any means, but he's he. In my opinion, he you know on the tape he checks the 
the athleticism box for sure. And he's got really solid hands. He's a good route runner. Um, I'm really interested. I mean, he's an older player, which it, it dings him a little bit. But I think that could create value for you. I think this could be a really good third round, fourth round rookie pick in your fantasy leagues that could have some upside, you know, in, in two or three years to develop. Yeah, I think he's a really good story. Um, now, the question is, is he a real deal? And So when I see, think of real deal, I want, I want a guy that has, has shown something before their last, like, kind of two seasons. I'll say this, Jake Bobo produces. He's got 700 yards. He had 73 catches uh, the past season. And he's on pace to do roughly the same, if not better, than uh, what he did last year. And the thing that he did is he did that at Duke. Duke was an absolute mess last year. Like, you know, to do that there, you know, that's – you know, inflate those numbers by 10, 15%, you know, and that's what like a normal school would have. Yeah. So what, I, what I'll say to this though, is, is if you have those numbers, you know, you should be com- going into the draft. So I'm curious as to what projection he got from the NFL for his draft status and, you know, why he didn't uh, go into the draft. Maybe it was, you know, he, maybe he wasn't going to get drafted last year. Probably not. Um, and, um, you know, that's that's something that gives me pause. Uh, I think he still has the potential to be the real deal, though, because guess what? Go to the Senior Bowl. You know what you can do in the Senior Bowl? Explode your drafts at us. Yeah. So give him time at the Senior Bowl, and then he'll be a real deal for me. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a day three prospect in the NFL draft. Um, you know, best case scenario, I think third round draft pick. Um, but, you know, this is a player that, for most people, certainly for me, wasn't really on my radar at all. And all of a sudden, you know, drag stop uh, draft value is going up significantly. So, um, you know, if you're in a waiver wire league and they're on the waiver wire, please go grab Jake Bobo. Uh, you know, if they're on a C2C roster, I think going to trade, you know, low key is good. One, you're going to get production at the college level. And two, I, I think there's a chance like, right. I look what Daniel Bellinger's doing right off the gates, like through four weeks is showing some potential. I think he's a similar type of player. Yeah. So what about Jameer Gibbs? Do you think he's Alvin Kamara 2.0? I mean, that's a big ask. I mean, the, the last running back to have the sustained fantasy success of Alvin Kamara is, uh, God, What's his name? The Philly running back, the speedster that went to Buffalo for a few years. LaShawn McCoy. McCoy, thank Shady. you. Uh, yeah. LaShawn, yeah. I mean. I do uh, want to say real quick, uh, Aaron Judge just hit home run 62 for anybody that's uh Wow, did fan. he really? Hey, uh, uh, 62. not a huge baseball fan, but uh, good for Aaron Judge. That's awesome. Good for him. Uh, that's the AL uh, home run, single season home run record. Uh, many people will call it the – clean home run record uh you know so you can argue that he's now the single season home run champ so good for aaron judge uh that's that's really cool one of the better sports stories of the year in my opinion yeah but yeah <laughs> go on with uh Trippier Gibbs. <laughs> yeah i mean to, to compare him to kamara obviously is like hey this is the absolute ceiling um, but Kamar, uh sorry uh gibbs we saw what he did at georgia tech for two years right he he was the 
<laughs> there's a reason why Georgia Tech fired their coach this year, you know, in September. Uh, like, they're a mess, but Jameer Gibbs was able to be a superstar in spite of that. Um, and what did he do? He came to Alabama, and he's, like, he hasn't. It's honestly been kind of a disappointment. You think? Like, I mean, compared to expectations. So I think you got to realize, like, we're in, we were until this past week, we were in non conference play. So, like, they weren't going to just use them up, use them up. What happens uh, when they get into conference play? He runs for 200 yards and he has two rushing touchdowns. Now, granted, those 270 plus touchdowns. Yeah, those but, two touchdowns were like 170 yards each or 140 yards each. Yeah. Uh, and those were both absolutely blown uh, assignments. <laughs> but They were. But what had happened? He he got to what? I think it was 22.3 miles per hour on one of those rushes. Oh, yeah, he's, he's super. And he shows he has the elite. That's elite. Anything over 22 miles per hour is elite high-end speed. Additionally, he's shown um, – He's shown his efficiency, which is similar to Kamara. And that's and that's kind of why I relate him to Kamara. He's not a Jonathan Taylor who's gonna, you know, run 350 times, 400 times in college. He's not that type of running back. He's elite because he can do, you know, everything. Like he can run up the middle, but that's not a strong suit. But other than that, he's elite, right? And pass catching, get into the edge. Uh his value is gonna be in a PPR format, really. I mean my question to you is, like, is what's the draft capital going to be with Jameer Gibbs? I think that's going to really affect his fantasy value, you know, going into his rookie year. So, I, what I think you have the wrong ceiling comparison here. I think Alvin Kamara is not the right guy. I think it's Chris Johnson. Remember the speedster from Tennessee back in the yeah. day? I think that's the ceiling. Interesting. Because you're talking a guy that's like, you know, a, a elite athlete super fast you know and if he gets some separation he's gone there is no catching him so yeah that's my that's my thing right is i think at his best he could be chris johnson now the question is can he get the uh volume that chris johnson got when he was in tennessee i don't think the answer is yes to that now the reason i don't think the answer is yes to that is because the nfl doesn't work that way anymore um very few teams do use that volume like that. Um, and I don't, I don't see Gibbs doing that. So I think what you're probably looking at is I think you're probably looking at um, probably like a 60, 40 split in the NFL. Um, and I think he gets like probably about, I think he's going to get second round draft capital. And um, I think he could sneak into the first round, just depending on who, which team is, is drafting. It's just like Travis Etienne whenever he got drafted in the first round. Right. Uh, I don't think anybody really expected him to go in the first round, and he probably shouldn't have gone in the first round. Probably should have been a day two pick, but the Jaguars traded back into the first round, grab him. So, so okay, that's a really interesting comp, Chris Johnson. Um, I, I I think you're right on it. I think you're right. I think it's better than Kamara. Um, I was really linking him to Kamara because of the um, contact balance that Gibbs shows. But, you know, thinking back to Chris Johnson, he 100% had that too. And obviously he had wow. the elite explosion, you know, in speed. Um, interesting. Yeah, I think, right, Kamara, you know, and so far this year we're seeing it, right? The the landing spot with Sean Payton's offense. 
seemed to be a big factor to why he was so elite in fantasy. Obviously, he was a great player, but the well, he's also was, been hurt. He's also been hurt both years. Both he, yes, yes. Um, but you know, the fit, the fit is really what I'm getting at. Like, where does Jameer Gibbs land? I think that's going to be super important. If he lands in a place where they're going to use him creatively, you know, that they're going to really like maybe not design their offense, but at least design plays around his skill set, I think he could be great. But if they just try and like, you know, take him and say, this is how we play football, let me jam you into this pole, whether you're a, you know, a round peg into a square hole or, you know, whatever, uh, that's what I worry about. Um, I think he's a great fit in Miami. I know he's not going to get drafted to Miami, but I think yeah. he would be an elite fit in Miami. I think that's I like the dream fit. You're right. I I think he would. And I think the, the big thing is, is how much uh, control over the team does Mike McDaniel have? Because Miami, I don't think they've drafted anyone in the top five round or four rounds at running back in the last like seven or eight years. So, you know, like a super long time. Like they don't invest in running back. Um but with the new head coach, maybe he has a say. And I got to say, seeing what I've seen so far with Mike McDaniel and how he uses his uh, his talented players, I would be super excited about seeing Jameer Gibbs there. Yeah. I think another interesting spot, too, is uh, uh, Arizona with Kyler Murray. It's a little bit – it's you know kind of the Chase Edmonds role that they had before he obviously left. I mean, we've been talking about running back to Arizona for a while, but, you know, I was it last week? I think we were talking about how we're, like, really worried about Arizona in the future. So because of that, I, I, I am a little worried about anyone that goes to Arizona. I, I think they're kind of like a sinking ship, to be honest. But the potential is there, certainly. So moving on to Zay Flowers. So he's staying, he stayed at BC, obviously, or Boston College this past season. Do you think that sank his NFL draft potential? I think that it certainly reduced the ceiling. Like, I mean, Zay Flowers is looking great so far this year. If you haven't seen the touchdown catch, he had a long touchdown catch this past week. He, he mossed the living crap out of this defender. Like, uh, Phil Djokovic totally underthrew the ball. And he just – and this isn't a big guy, right? That, uh, Randy Moss was like 6'4", you know, like a huge dude. I think Zay Flowers is like 5'10", 175. Like, he's not a big dude. But he just elevates and just like goes right over the guy and just scoops it out, you know, at like the two yard line and, you know, ends up in the end zone for a long touchdown. Uh, I mean, Safe Flowers has been super dynamic. Uh, his connection with uh, Filter Kovic has been great through the last couple of years. Um, I think this is a player that's going to do very well at the combine. I think he's very quick. I think he's going to be explosive in the agility and the jumping drills. Um, but I find it hard to imagine that he's going to be anything more than a third round pick. So I think we're like flirting between day two and day three draft capital. Um, now, if he went, if he transferred to Alabama, if he transferred to uh Texas, you know, to go to Quinn, you know, if he transferred to a bigger program and he really had some success, I think, you know, second round pick was, was definitely, you know, possible. I think if he, if he blows up the combine, he's going to be second, second round, maybe first round, not third round. We'll see. I, 
it's just hard for me to imagine that a BC wide receiver, right? That yeah, he's produced pretty well, but it's like at the ACC, and you're like, yeah, you're BC, and like I think he'll do well at the combine, but it's not like he's right. He's small, like he's like five eleven at most. I don't think he's more than 180, 185 pounds. Be like one guy more. Was, yeah, Sky Moore. Was, Sky Moore did the Moore same was, thing, right? What, pick fifty two, like. That's the second round, yeah. That's a- yeah, yeah. The, and I guess that's what I'm saying. I think that's a ceiling. But say he went to Alabama, right, to play basically the Jermaine Burton role, which Jermaine Burton looked very, very, you know, replaceable so far. First round pick was totally, you know, in the in, in the pitcher had he gone to a program like that. Yeah, so I actually disagree with you a little bit about Jermaine Burton. I think he has been better than the numbers say he has because honestly Bryce Young's just over underthrown him or overthrown him a little bit. Um they're still trying to get on the same page it looks like. So um but so Zach Charbonnet, uh do you think he's gonna regret not declaring for the draft? I find it hard the, to I find it hard to not sorry. That should be the twenty two draft too. We had a little bit of typo there. Yep, sorry about that. Yeah, that's uh, declaring for the 23-2 draft, of course. Um, right, He was eligible to come out last year in a relatively weaker running back class. Um, I, I think he's going to regret it. I mean, you've you've mentioned it a few times already, right? All these players, they're connected, you know, whether it be the Senior Bowl. Uh, they have a really good connection to NFL scouts and whatnot to get a good idea of, you know, when people are going to be drafted you know, talking to potential agents before they actually sign. You know, they have an idea. So I'm sure that was a factor. But I don't know. I just, like, I find it hard to believe that he's going to get this big bump in draft capital this year. Like, I, I, he's a day three running back, in my opinion. Like, fourth round at best. He's big. Yeah. He's got decent speed. He he shows you know decent usage in the passing game, but like I don't know, he just seems kind of like a especially in this draft class, right? There's easily six running backs that I think are better than him, and that's the that's the real thing that's hurting him. I think last year he could have been the fourth running back, you know, maybe third running back, like um, you know I. He had a great year last year, so I don't see what this year was really going to benefit him. Well, I mean, it's possible that he just wanted to go back and get his degree. Um, I So my thing, right, too, is just like it's possible that he just didn't get the, the draft capital that he was looking for from whenever he was like talking to the agent. And then, yeah, he's not going to do any better this year um, in terms of his draft capital, but that's probably where he's locked out at. He doesn't look like a terribly like athletic guy. Uh, he's just kind of an ad, uh, like an average athlete from what it looks like. Um, so I think his testing numbers are going to kind of play a factor there as well. If he can outperform what he looks like on tape, and you know, I think he'll get drafted higher than than what uh, he expects or what we expect. Yeah, I see Charbonnet as a third round running back that needs a good landing spot to get into the second round, and I'm talking rookie draft picks in your dynasty leagues. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not a big fan, but you know, we'll see what he does. Uh, Reminds me of Damian Pierce a little bit. Yeah, and and the thing is, too, is you want to see him at Senior Bowl. That's like 
Yeah. And guess what? Pierce had a fantastic senior bowl. And obviously Pierce, right, the last couple of weeks he's looked great. But then again, guess what? Houston was the perfect landing spot for him, right? And that's kind of my point is he needs a great landing spot for me to, like, you know, be even using a top 20 pick in rookie drafts on him. So moving on to the NFL, uh, which quarterback debut were you more excited for, Wilson or Pickett? So honestly, I'm more excited for Pickett. Um, and that has more to do with the weapons that they're throwing to than the player themselves. I think Wilson is more likely to be a better fantasy player, at least in 2022. Um, but we saw it with George Pickens. He immediately became – relevant like he was nothing right george pickens was one of the like highlights of the preseason with uh pickett throwing the ball to him and then all of a sudden uh pickett comes in he has a 100 yard game he you know he like he's shown it with even with trubisky these last few weeks making these like crazy ridiculous catches um but not only that right pickett had a couple of rushing touchdowns yes he had three uh interceptions right first game and guess what? His, his next game's not going to get it easy either. He's going up to Buffalo to play. Um, but I, I it's, it's close. Like, I was impressed with Wilson. Like, not only did he look pretty good, he won the game, right, against a good good team. So. I think it's Pickett that's not close. Really? And I'm a Pickett. I was a Pickett hater. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, so I'll say this about Pickett, what I saw. So one, I, I'd like to say too, I grabbed uh, Pickens off the waiver wire uh, this past week in a, in a redraft league. So, Smart. Yeah, Smart. so I was, I was pretty happy about that. But Pickett, Pickett looked like he had control of the offense, right? He looked like a guy who was, you know, an old rookie. That's what he looked like. He looked like yeah. a guy who would who is old. And... Now I do still I think that his ceiling is still average to slightly above average. I think that's a ceiling. But I think that's fine for this offense. This offense has plenty of weapons. You don't need it to some guy that's going to be, you know, a superstar to win. You just need a guy who's going to get on the football. Yeah. So, I think I was really really uh happy with Pickett's debut and I think I think he has something to build off of. Um and uh Wilson, I you know, I thought that he improved on some of the areas that um, I have been knocking him on this offseason, and that's mostly, you know, jumping it down to the running back. He's finally, you know, kind of figured that aspect out of the game. But um, I want to see what else he's got. Um, and, you know, I, I still think there's some some bad things on the tape there that, that are questionable. But with Pickett, like, you know, this is his first game in the NFL. He um, – obviously they didn't game plan – uh, around him going into the game, but then so did the def- the defense also didn't prepare for Pickett. So I think there's some areas where you can see team like the Buffalo Bills. I think are going to try to really confuse them up front and try to you know uh, make them think. And uh, I think that's going to be kind of where he is able to either make a difference or you know really struggle. Yeah, I mean if Pickett if Pickett can do anything at all against that defense, that's a huge success. Like. I expect him to lose by two touchdowns, but if he can even look decent, I'll be happy. Uh, on Wilson, hey, I'm going to give him credit. First game back from the knee surgery, guess what? Fourth quarter game-winning touchdown drive. 
Good for him. Yeah. That's all that's all that matters in the NFL is winning games. So so, but moving on to the wide receiver one in Cincinnati, I will I'll, I'll wager you this. Who do you think performed the best in terms of fantasy value in Cincinnati when T. Higgins and Jamar Chase play together? Who do you value? think the Who do you Are think you has just straight who, production? No, or? straight production. Straight production. Who has performed the best when both Higgins and Chase play? I remember seeing someone put this out on Twitter, uh, and it's it's Higgins. It's Higgins. I, it, it's slightly Higgins. Yeah, it's Higgins actually by a few a few catches. Like, I think it was like because it's only been like eight nine games that they've played together fully, um, and uh, it's been Higgins by I think it was like ten catches, and then almost a like it was like seventy five hundred yards something like that, and then uh, I think he had less touchdowns. Or like eight, yeah, I mean, like this one is, touchdown or something. This is a ridiculous question to ask even two weeks ago. Yeah. But, I mean, at this point, not for Dynasty. I don't think for Dynasty, but especially if you're playing redraft, this is a super relevant question. Rest of the season, I honestly think that Higgins might be the guy. And it's not because Higgins is a better wide receiver. To me, we saw it so blatantly on Thursday night. They doubled Jamar almost every single play. And even though they had David Howard as a good cornerback, but first of all, he was hurt, right? He was playing with a bad hammy. But, like, I don't care. He's good enough. When you have one-on-one, you're going you're gonna to connect. Yeah, so uh, moving to the question real quick. Uh, should, you, should I trade James Conner for Brees Hall and Kareem Hunt? What's your thoughts? I'm trying to rack my brain for a league format where this wouldn't be like an obvious yes. I think the only situation is in uh, non-PPR. It's the only time it's like a non, it's like a question. Uh, But I'm still taking Brees Hall and Kareem Hunt because I think both of them give more value and Brees Hall has better ceiling potential than the James Conner. And I I think with James Conner, I think his peak was last year. Um, and the, the Arizona offense just doesn't look very good. So I don't think the touchdown volume is going to be there like it was last year. Yeah, I mean, I have to assume this is a redraft question. It uh, is, yeah. So know. in a redraft situation, even if it's non-PPR, I prefer the package, right? Brees Hall and Cream Hunt because, you know, all right, choose whichever one you prefer and then trade the other, you know, like – you know what I mean? Like if you trade that one of those players and another person, the package overall should be better. And like we've said, James Conner has a, you know, a chronic injury issue. It hasn't cropped up quite yet. I mean, there was the one game he got knocked out early, but he came back the next week. But I mean, what have we seen from James Conner to be excited about? Uh, I mean, you saw last year a bunch of touchdowns. Sorry, uh, that sorry. Was... Uh, this year, this year is what I mean. Yeah, this, this year. This year You're right. I mean, last year he was amazing. He was. Yeah. But we haven't seen any of that James Conner this year. I think he's got like one touchdown on the whole season. And, and his big thing last year was touchdowns. I don't think it's James Conner. I think it's the offense. I don't I don't think James Conner is any different this year from last year. I, I, think I agree. Yeah. I agree. And the offense looks like crap. Yeah. So, um but for but for Higgins and, and Chase, uh, kind of what I want to do want to say, going back to that, is just uh, Chase is obviously the number one wide receiver 
in the actual NFL. In yeah. the actual NFL, he is the number one receiver. Yeah, if you're a D coordinator, he's obviously one wide receiver. One. Yeah, but in in fantasy, it's it's T Higgins, and it's T it's Higgins. Closer. Yeah, it's it's close, but you know, I think it's T Higgins just because you know T Higgins is just as good of a it's it's like one A one B right? Like in terms of you know actual talent, it's one A one B. You know, T Higgins is just as good as Jamar Chase, really. Um, you know. And and he could, he's just as good of a pass catcher as as, as T Higgins or as Joe Barche. So Joe Burrow has no issue throwing it to him. So I gotta fight you a little bit on that. I, I'm not a big fighter, but right, if I was to like re-rank wide receivers for the rest of the year, I'll say I think that uh Jamar should be like wide receiver six and T Higgins should be like wide receiver ten. Like I slightly prefer Jamar mainly because his ability to have forty five point games. Um, but yeah, they're certainly way closer than they were being drafted. Way See, Higgins is a floor play, whereas Jamar Chase is a ceiling play. I agree. That's, I definitely agree. This is where it gets down to. That's the big difference, I think. So, what about Josh Jacobs? He's he finally found the usage. Uh, you need you need to consider him a stud. Well, I mean, do you remember? Does everyone remember August preseason? It was, you know, about seven weeks ago or something like that. And everyone was saying that uh, Josh Chase is going to be traded. Uh, Samir White's obviously the number one, right? We were so worried because Josh Chase was getting a lot of snaps in the Hall of Fame game. Do we remember that? I remember when he, when uh, uh, Kenyon Drake got released and I was saying Josh Jacobs is uh, a low RB1, high RB2. Because this is the this is what we thought. I think at least this is what I thought. Like, you get rid of the pass catcher, everything opens up. There's no there's nobody there to take anything from you. Because Amir White is just he's just a big guy, right? Like he's not gonna take away Josh Jacobs running snaps. In my opinion, I, I like Samir White, you know, long term. But he's a rookie. Uh, he's not like this super amazing talent rookie, and he's playing with Josh McDaniels, who for the last you know. For several, several years, he was with Bill Belichick. Like, I think he values, uh, you know, like game smarts, like the veteran savviness of Josh Jacobs. And guess what? Josh Jacobs was a first-round pick for a reason. This dude's got talent. We're not talking about, you know, some fifth-round pick. Like, Josh Jacobs is very, very talented. Um, yeah, I think getting rid of Kenyon Drake signaled to me, too, that they weren't going to use a committee. So... You know, that was kind of the thing, too. Like, I still – I thought that in, in a lot of the drafts, like right afterwards, Josh Jacobs kind of skyrocketed value a little bit. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't, I don't think he – I don't think the usage is really that surprising. Um, yeah, I mean, the last two weeks, the big thing, right, the thing we've been waiting for since 2019 is the passing game. And I think he's got six targets both games. Uh, right. Obviously he ran like crazy. He had a great yards for carry and that's not what he's been doing through, you know, previous weeks. And I don't expect that to continue going forward. Um, but if he continues getting this passing game work, I think we're going to see another running back one season. We're going to see another top 12 year from Josh Jacobs, as long as he continues to get five plus targets a game. Yeah. So what about Waller and Kittle? Are you, you giving up on him? The only way I'm not is if I own them. 
right? Like that's like the only reason I wouldn't. And it would be completely because I'm just praying. I mean, not, like not only do you have to worry about Kittle's injuries, Waller's had a couple, but not nearly this, you know, sustained injuries that Kittle has. But like they're not really getting the use. They're not. Like, I mean, Kittle's only played, what, two games, I guess? So, you know, small sample size. But, like, Waller's not getting targets. They have Devontae Adams. Like, Kittle was used as a left tackle yesterday. To be fair to be fair on that, they don't have, uh, what's his name, the superstar, the old Washington yeah, they lost, left tackle. Uh, uh, Trent um, Williams, yeah. Trent one of the Williams. best left tackles in football. He uh, He's out short-term, I believe. Uh, so they used them a lot to shore up their their backup. So, and the backup then got hurt too. The backup. That's a very good point. Well. That's a very good point. That could be the reason why he's being used so much to block. But still, it's like, what am I going to wait two, three, four weeks until you know Williams is back and he can be that? Well, he might be hurt again by then. Like, but Kittle's not a young guy anymore. Nor is Waller. So. If you can find someone that's going to give you value because of the name of these two players, I would do it. I'm terrified to roster these two players right now. I think that in a year from now, they could be worth like close to nothing. I'm not ready to fully give up yet, mostly because like you said, I do own them. Uh, so I'm, I'm holding out hope. <laughs> right. A little biased analysis. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm trying to, trying to, trying to keep the, keep the faith here, <laughs> but I mean, no, it's concerning. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, like, look what we just saw from TJ Hawkinson, right? Like, TJ Hawkinson had a bunch of terrible weeks and then he finally blows up. Like, if TJ Hawkinson can have like half the production that he just had last week, like, uh, like he's back as a, as a tight end one, right? Like, Shit, if he can have half of that, you know, if we can, we can, he's a top tight and, you know, top three tight end, if not more, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But so, hey, if uh, you need a get right game, you know, and you're an offensive player, go ahead and play Seattle or, or Detroit for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I think Kittle, Kittle, it's at least a little bit, it's not, it's not time yet for me to fully on panic because he's had a, Decently tough schedule, and then Trent Williams has also been out. So kind of holding the panic so there. Who, but who the, do you want more, right? If if I'm uh, in a dynasty league, you know, and, and I have Waller, you have Kittle, and I offer you, you know, Kittle straight up for Waller, are you accepting? Yeah, I'll probably accept it. You'd prefer, prefer Kittle. Kittle. Okay. I prefer Kittle over Waller. Just because okay. it looks like Adams has kind of taken over that role. And um, I don't think I mean, the Raiders aren't very good. Uh, honestly, McDaniel's kind of looks like a, a bad hire at this point. Here's the thing: Hunter Renfro's been out since week one, anyways. Like, yeah, target competition isn't even as bad as it's going to be. So I'm worried. I'm going to give McDaniel's a little pass. It's only four games, right? Give, give the guy a break. You know, they've had a lot of issues in that franchise, and they've had a lot of issues not only like on the field. But like draft wise, they have something crazy like five of their la- their last five. Uh, they have I think five first round picks in the last three years, and not a single one of them is on their team right now. Like he yeah. didn't exactly inherit this like amazing roster. I mean that's fair, but at the same time, like I want to see a little bit more production with, you know, uh, 
what is a pretty good offensive core in Devontae Adams and uh, Darren Waller and Derek Carr. Don't get me wrong. On that. Don't get me wrong. By the end of the year, right, if they're still sucking, I'm not I'm not going to make a season. But four games in, right, they got the win. They needed that. They needed that win this week, uh, you know. So, you know, and they should have beaten Arizona, right? If they were 2-2 two and two right now, I don't think a lot of people would be, you know, crapping on McDaniels, right? They should have beaten them. They just had this epic collapse in the second quarter or uh, second half. So, which, is we'll on, which is on the coach. Which is on the coach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, you're not wrong, but like at the same time, it's like when you just inherit it, like how how much are you gonna? You got to give them some leeway, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to what we're looking forward to. Uh, so I want to start with Kansas. Uh, college Kansas game day, is, baby. Yeah, Kansas is probably the biggest surprise of college football, and I think it's gonna get blown up in their face today at TCU. Really? I think, I think TCU is a really good football team. I don't think the Kansas has the ability to slow them down. So honestly, I think TCU has a good chance to make the Big 12 championship. I say that, but I guess just for fun, I'm going to offer a show bet. This is only second show bet of the of the season. I think Kansas will win at College Game Day this coming Saturday. I mean, to be fair, it is in Kansas, so it's a home game. Yeah. First time College Game Day has ever come to Lawrence, Kansas. By the yeah. way. I believe there's only seven teams in the entire FBS out of 131 teams that they haven't gone to. And Kansas, you know, they just got knocked off the list. Yeah, I am taking TCU, but I don't think it's like, oh, I'm guaranteeing you TCU is going to win. So are you willing to to put, you know, a show bet on it? Or are we just going to, you know. I, of... I don't know about that. All I'm right, not that confident right. in TCU. So I agree with you. I, I think that Kansas can't stop them defensively. Honestly, I think Kansas's strength is their offense. It is. Lance Leopold is a fantastic game planner. Like, he knows how to make explosive runs. He did it at Buffalo tremendously, and he's done it at Kansas. He knows how to scheme to just have these – like, his explosive run rate is insane. I mean, honestly, you know, as great as Kansas is probably feeling right now, uh, I think they should be worried that Lance Leopold is doing so well that, you know – a Wisconsin who just fired their coach, uh, Nebraska who recently fired their coach, they might just go ahead and pluck uh, old Lance Leipold and say, can you bring this great stuff, this program building you do, to our teams? Yeah. But TCU, I, I, I mean, TCU, I, I want to give them some flowers too. They absolutely put a whooping on Oklahoma. Uh, they look great. So, um I'm a little biased towards Kansas. I'm a big fan of Lance Leipold, and, and I'm so happy that Kansas is finally ranked. It's about time. They only have to be 5-0 and to get it ranked. But, uh, sorry, go ahead. What, what's your thought on this game? I just think it's TCU. Like, you know, they, they have an elite receiving core. They have a young receiving core as well. This isn't like a, a team that is, you know, this is the last year before all the seniors leave, like, kind of thing. This is a good football team, and they're a young football team. I think they're a team that's going to grow as the season goes on. And I, I think that Kansas is a good test for them, but I think Kansas is uh, is going to get, get beat by them. I, I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think it'll be a, a one-score game. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. I think it'll be a relatively high-scoring affair. Um, Whoever has the ball last. 
Yeah, I think we could have a whoever has the ball last. I hope so. You know, good for the Big Twelve. Like it's it's good to see you know the lower it's you know the lower tier Power Five uh, conferences like getting some love. Um, right, Texas and Oklahoma aren't ranked, but look at uh, TCU and Kansas. Yeah, I do think it's kind of funny that you know Texas and uh, Oklahoma. Obviously, Oklahoma just lost Lincoln Riley, and then Texas. It kind of looks like they're teetering on this thing where you know is Texas back? Is Texas not it, like no Texas right. isn't back yet? Like uh, maybe they're just not uh, they're just not a good football team. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, obviously, right? They lost Quinn Ewers against Bama. They did. Yeah. They did. So I'm going to give them you know a pass. Yeah, they there. have a pass. But, they have a pass this year, but we have a Red River rivalry happening this week. And yeah. Quinn Ewers is potentially going to play in it, but college game day is going to Lawrence, Kansas. It's like, yeah, because nobody cares. Tell about... you what you need to know about Big Twelve football. Yeah, Oklahoma's basically, you know, Lincoln Riley left, and like Oklahoma's not very good, right? So, yeah, I, I think they're going to take a little bit to turn it around. Yeah, I think they're going to go to the SEC and they're going to get just, just stomped for the first couple of seasons. They yeah. maybe not Oklahoma. Awesome. Maybe Oklahoma will be back by then, but. They might be the, the new Missouri, you know, come into the SEC thinking everything's going to be great. All of a sudden, they just suck, you know. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to the other team that joined the SEC, Texas A&M. So I'll give you two scenarios. If Jalen Milrow plays, does Texas A&M pull off the upset? No, I don't think it matters. You don't think it matters? I don't think A&M. I think they're a mess. Yeah, they can't score. They, but I'll say this. Approaches. I'll say this. They couldn't score last year either. And no, against Alabama, they played better. So it was different. And it was I, in Texas AM. So it was also in AM. Good point. I think that I th- honestly wouldn't be surprised if Bama outscores them defensively to AM's. Like if they slow down the offense, you know, I think we're looking at like a. I don't know, a 20 to like 10 football game. You know, like I just, AM's a mess. Like they're not good. Appalachian State came into College Station and beat AM. Are you telling me that Bama coming, who just went to Fayetteville and rocked a very good Arkansas team? You're telling me they can't beat AM? I, I don't believe it. Yeah, I got uh, I got Alabama winning, um, and I think it's going to be pretty common. I, I think but, they should be favored by two touchdowns. I will say though that um, Jalen Milrow, I think he's kind of one dimensional. He looks like early stages uh, Jalen Hurts, very um, early. Yeah, yeah, you know the true freshman year, saw a true sophomore year of uh, Jalen Hurts before he went to to Lincoln Riley and uh, kind of like you know developed some of the throwing uh, habits and mechanics that that Lincoln Riley worked on with him. Um, and that's kind of what Jalen Mulroy looks like to me. But this dude's an absolute tank. Like he is a, he looks like he's going to be just like a Jalen Hurts type of player whenever he gets the chance to start. So, yeah, I got to say, as bad as I thought Alabama played against Texas, I thought they made up for that against Arkansas. Arkansas is a really good football team. Arkansas should have beaten Texas A&M a week ago if it wasn't for a like I think it was like a second and two or whatever. KJ Jefferson went for the the keeper over the end zone. And you know, fumbled at the goal line, and AM scooped and scored, and they ended up uh, winning by two, or maybe even one, right? And it was a fourteen-point play, like, um, and they came into Fayetteville and obliterated them. Um, so, 
I was very impressed with Bama. Uh, they're back to the AP poll number one spot. I think that's appropriate considering Georgia barely escaped Missouri. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I um, the, the big question is Bryce Young, right? That's the big question. Is he out for a week? Is he out for a month? Is he out for three? I think they'll save him for Tennessee. I would. I, I, I certainly would. You know, yeah. like – I believe they can beat them without, you know, beat AM without them. So why play them? Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about today? No, I'm. that's it. I mean, hey, we're four weeks into the NFL season. We're five weeks into the college football season. Uh, the only thing I want to say is, hey, it's time to evaluate your rosters. Are you one in three in the NFL? You know, in, in the NFL? Are you on four? If you're not, you know, like number like one, two, or three in total points, it's time to like, it's time to reset. You know, in your dynasty league, it's time to play for the next year. If you're in a redraft league, it's time to get extremely aggressive with your trades and your waiver wires to, you know, change things up. It's yeah. that point of the year. Yeah. And uh, I think it's it's been a weird year in fantasy this year so far like tight ends have been pretty bad and and running backs have been pretty bad uh so i think it's definitely time to reevaluate see what you can get in the waiver or see what you can get out there um you know there's a looks like there's going to be some solid running backs in in the the waiver wire this week um you know you got tyler algier uh you know uh, cordell patterson just went on ir um, we didn't really mention that, but yeah, that's, I think that's something worth mentioning, you know, with Cordero Patterson going out, Tyler Joe looks like the next man up and, uh, we'll see what he can do. And, uh, I, I think it's possible he could steal that backfield if he plays really well with Cordero Patterson out. and then Cordero Patterson might be, uh, re- reduced to a kind of a supporting role. Yeah. I still like Cordell Patterson for 2022, but you're right. That Algeria is a very interesting, uh, pickup in the meantime, who knows how long, right? It's at least four weeks. could be longer. Before yeah. Patterson comes back. But, right, if we want to talk about injured running backs, we have to talk about the king, Javante Williams, who had a very serious uh, knee injury, ACL, MCL. Uh, he had multiple ligament tears, and he's, you know, he's either having it, the surgery today, he'll have it sometime this week. Huge loss. Uh, you know, one of the superstars of Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um my question to you is, is this a player that you are still investing in? Or are you concerned that this is going to knock him out, you know, at least for like production wise for even 2023? If I have a bad roster in Dynasty, I'm absolutely seeing send the job to Williams offers. To, to no, acquire, I, right? To acquire, yeah. Yeah. So I'm seeing how low oh, I can he's get very him. young. So that's a huge thing. He's super young. Right, it's only second year, but he came out in the draft young. But the issue, this is a bad injury. yeah, this is the issue. Is you're looking at two years gone basically because he's not going to be the same player. Likely going to miss, or at least not be like full. Like think of Saquon last year. Remember Saquon? Like he didn't look right, and obviously he got unlucky. He had that bad ankle sprain. You know, was five or six or whatever. But like, look at J.K. Dobbins. Similar thing, right? Uh, you know, it was only this week, week four, when he finally started to look good. Well, guess what? Uh, we're talking five weeks of difference in terms of the calendar when this injury happened. So, you know, five weeks forward, we're looking at week eight. So, honestly, you know, if you're planning on Javante Williams to be part of your fantasy lineups, I wouldn't plan on it till you know, 2023 or 10, 2024, yeah. you know, really to the playoffs of next year. 
if not like you say to 24. yeah it hurts me i mean god i invested heavy in javante it hurts me bad uh to see that is terrible but he's still a very young player so even if it is until 24 you know until he's good uh yeah. he'll still be quite young and still could give you a couple of really good years yeah, so we've had a little bit of a joke uh, between us the last couple of years in fantasy. Um, if I draft you to my roster, you're way more likely to get entered. Yeah. Uh, every high level high running back that I drafted has now been out for at least one game, if not. You, you did you draft him in your redraft leagues? You son of a you son of a god! You did this! You did this! I drafted. Uh, Robert has this curse to him. I don't know what it is. I drafted Devonte. I drafted Alvin Kamara. I drafted. Uh. Uh, JT, and then I drafted um, Michael Thomas, who just got hurt. I drafted Chris Godwin, who got hurt again. Um, I oh. have uh, – uh, who else Who else just got hurt recently? I can't think of anybody else. But, yeah, I had like I have like five, six people that are just completely out. Like, it's just like, oh, great. <laughs> I don't have a, a bitch anymore. <laughs> so oh, That hurts. Yeah, it was yeah. your fault, right? So, what we need to do is we need to have you, you know, post all your your uh, rosters so everyone knows. That, I guess stay away yep. from those players. Stay away from them. Yeah. It's cursed, man. I'm telling you. It's uh, even my college, my college roster too. You know, we're, we're obviously the same C two C league. I had there was one week I had twelve people out on so on college, well of twelve of forty five. Like it's a fourth of my roster is just yeah gone. Yeah, so. And all starters too, like not people that I just drafted. Yeah, like not the <laughs> these were all dudes who were supposed players. to be starters. <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. But oh, poor, I should I should have told should have told you. You know, get get rid of you out today. But, <laughs> Wish I had uh, known. Yeah, no, I'm we're we're kidding. No, I, obviously, yeah, hope, hopefully Javante comes back healthy. But yeah. Pray, prayers up for Javante. It's horrible to hear that. Yeah, it's a dangerous game. It's it really is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know that's pretty much it for the episode today. Um, you know, anything else you want to say to everybody? Well, just you know, thank people. Hey, sorry that we're you know, changing up the schedule a little bit here. Uh, thankfully, Robert is uh, being very flexible. I have a little bit of commitment later in the weekend. I won't be available at our normal showtime Thursday. Uh, but hey, Robert, it's great to do this episode with you. And please, everybody, like. Smash that subscribe button, please. It really helps us out with the algorithm, get people to see our content. We really enjoy sharing this with you. Uh, please, you know, throw your uh, comments in, give us your questions, uh, and please get us on a Twitter. You know, our handles are right below. We'd love to uh, interact with our with our followers. Yeah, yeah. We uh, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, yeah, give us a follow. All right, thank you.